May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Tom Hanks turned 66 yesterday. He caught up with me. But I could never catch up to his acting chops. From Forrest Gump to Walt Disney to Victor Navorsky, the terminal. From Sully, Captain Sullenberg, to Captain Phillips and those pirates, to Captain Miller in Saving Private Ryan. He can be just about anyone, but in my opinion, Hanks topped it all off by putting on Mr. Rogers' red sweater and his slippers and singing, Won't you be my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That is in today's text, but it's also our question. But we're going to turn it around this morning to ask, Who is neighbor to us? May the Holy Spirit give us attentive hearts, expectant ears this day, to ponder God's word in Luke 10, his word about the Good Samaritan and our Good Samaritan. People God dearly loves. We'll start with the law, which means we'll start with the lawyer. He stands up to test Jesus. He challenges our Lord by asking, What shall, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And this needs to be said. This man doesn't only ask the wrong question. He expects the wrong answer. But Jesus sneaks up on him as he sneaks up on us. Instead of saying, what do you mean? You can't do your way to receive an inheritance. inheritance is an unexpected, undeserved gift. But Jesus plays to this lawyer's knowledge of the Torah. The Torah, you see, is the books of Moses, the first five scrolls of Holy Scripture, and the law library of Jews. That was today's Old Testament reading from Leviticus 19. Jesus knows this, and so does the man who asked the first question. What is written in the law, in the Torah, says Jesus? Tell me what you recite in the synagogue. Now, I know that's not what it says on the reading in front of you and what I just read over there, but this is the point that Jesus is making, and the man gets it. The lawyer speaks back to Jesus the second half of the Shema, the creed of Judaism, which is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Here is how it was and still is recited. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. I think that the crowd surrounding Jesus and the lawyer were moving their lips as the man spoke. They knew these words and they nodded in affirmation as as the lawyer recited them. He knew it and he nailed it. And for the second time, Jesus sneaks up on him and on us. Well done, Jesus affirms. 
That's the correct answer. If you do this, meaning if you do all of this all of the time, you will live. But lawyers like to pose questions. And this lawyer had one more to ask to justify himself. So who is my neighbor, he wonders aloud. The man thinks that he is keeping the law, keeping it completely, but now he's looking for a loophole. He knows he's called to love his neighbor just as much as he loves his own life. But neighbor is too big. He's willing to, well, he thinks he's willing to love his neighbor, but he wants the narrowest definition. I imagine that Jesus pauses before he begins the story. Maybe it's like this. A man was going down from Jerusalem on that lonely and dangerous road to Jericho. The lawyer nods. They know this road. So do the other listeners. And the worst thing happens. Robbers are waiting for some unsuspecting fool. They jump out of their hiding place. They attack the man, strip him of his clothes, steal whatever money or goods he carries, beat him within an inch of his life, and run away, leaving him in the dust, more dead than alive. Surely the lawyer listened sympathetically, as did the others around Jesus, They wondered, just as you were wondering, because some of you may may be hearing this story for the first time, what will happen next? Help arrives, Jesus continues. Well, not quite. No, not at all. It happens that, as Jesus continues the story just a little while later, a priest is also walking on this perilous road. He's finished his assignment at the temple complex in Jerusalem. Remember and think of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. And he's now heading home. As the priest comes around a curve in the road, he spies something, or is it someone lying and not moving, or maybe moving slowly and groaning softly. Should I stop, he wonders? But what if I get impure blood on my hands? What what if he dies and by touching a dead body, I become ritually unclean? Or what if the bad guys are waiting to attack and rob me? So he hurries by on the other side of the road. Then comes a Levite, a helper in the temple, an assistant to the priest. He sees the same sight. He considers the same options. He makes the same choice, walking on past, hurrying to a safer place. The injured man is ignored, unhelped by two potential caregivers. The lawyer and the bystanders must be wondering, how will this story end? They don't have to wait long because Jesus says, after the priest and the Levite walk by without stopping, a Samaritan. And the crowd gasps, not a Samaritan, not a wannabe Jew, not an unclean Samaritan. 
How can this turn of events possibly end positively? The Samaritan, Jesus continues, sees the man and has compassion. He stops. He makes himself vulnerable. He risks his own life. He approaches and examines the wounded man, discovering that while he is badly injured, he's not yet dead. He cleanses his wounds, pouring on oil and wine as antiseptics. He bandages the lacerations. He carefully lifts him up on his mule. At last, that's at least that's the picture on the cover of your worship folder and walks and leads the animal slowly, gently down the road, knowing that there is an inn not far away. But he doesn't just drop off the man at the doorstep. The innkeeper, carried, the, the Samaritan, cares for this man the rest of that day and through the night. Then he gives the innkeeper $800. That might be two days' wages for some of you. And he says... Please give this man a room until he recovers from his injuries and he's well enough to travel. And if that's not enough to cover all the expenses, I'll pay you more the next time I come by this road. The lawyer and the crowd are stunned into silence. Then Jesus asks the lawyer, Which of these three was a neighbor to the robbed and beaten man? The answer is wonderfully but painfully obvious. The man who showed mercy, says the lawyer, but notice that he doesn't even say or call him a Samaritan. Then go and do the same. Are you ready for the gospel? I hope so, because I'm ready to share it with you. We are the man by the side of the road. We have been beaten up by sin. We have been robbed of our false pride. We are closer to death than to life. But Jesus comes down the road. He will not look the other way. He cannot walk on past. His great compassion compels him to stop. He washes our wounds with baptismal water. He bandages our injuries with his robe of righteousness. He lifts and carries us to the inn of the church where we are given over to the Father's care, where we are nursed back to health, where we are nourished with our Lord's own supper of grace and forgiveness. And he spares no expense. In fact, Jesus is more than the caring and generous stranger who stops to help. He is wounded for us. He is judged under the law for us. He is bloodied by scourge and thorns, by nails and spear for us. And he truly dies for us. But that death at Golgotha is not the end. Christ Jesus is raised on the third day. He is given resurrection life. And by faith, that life is for us. It is ours by faith now. But it will be ours in full and rich reality when Christ returns to gather his church on the last 
and glorious day. I had to keep telling the story this morning. I had to tell the full story, not just what is there in Luke 10, not the part that ends with go and do likewise. I had to because we are too ready to boast with the lawyer that we have loved God with all our heart and soul and strength and mind and our neighbor besides. We need to ask the right questions today. The first one is this. What has been done for us so that we can inherit the kingdom? The answer is everything, for we have done and can do nothing. And the second question is this. What do I do now? What do we do now that we have received this unfathomable and eternal inheritance? We pray as we sang, Lord, help us walk your servant way wherever love may lead, and bending low, forgetting self, each serve the other's need. We love our neighbors. We love because we have been loved. We love even when it's hard. We love our neighbors in whom is hidden Christ himself. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.